How are we doing, everybody? This is Emerson Beery. I'm joined by Michael this morning. How are we doing, my man? Good to see you. Oh, good to see you too, man. I'm having a hell of a morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's early. You know, I thought I was going to get off work early. I bartend. I thought I was going to get off work early last night. And these two guys just hung out at the like we closed at nine. This guy, these guys hung out to the bar till 11:30. So I'm not quite as fresh as I wanted to be, but. Uh, you know, still still good, uh, ready to roll. Just got to get a coffee in me later. I didn't even get a chance to do that this morning. So we're going to yeah, get I feel a like coffee a lot of from us, me. A lot of us are still kind of feeling that bit of a, almost a hangover in a way, almost like those two guys after last night's game. Almost, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. And this, this is a college man right here. So he's probably used to being <laughs> up a little bit earlier than myself. Um, but, yeah, my man, yeah, just jumping right into it. That was one of the uglier games I've seen in a while last night, especially for fantasy purposes. Gosh, I was I was doing uh, playing some DFS last night, and oh man, it was just a nightmare. And you know, I the difference between me uh, went, winning five dollars and we winning a thousand dollars was apparently playing the Colts kicker over Matt Ryan. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my goodness, and this guy didn't even spend anywhere near his budget. I just can't believe it. So I'm trying to get over that. But what were some of your overall impressions? You know, maybe starting off with the Denver Broncos. I mean, I think the I think the only thing I was really looking for, I think, I mean, at this point, where else can you say on Russ? I mean, he's just not playing up to par. He's a streaming quarterback for fantasy at best right now until you see something different. But well, I went into the game, I wanted to see the running back situation. You know, repose Javante Williams, torn ACL, LCL, he's gone for a significant amount of time. So we're looking for Melvin Gordon. We're looking for Mike Boone. Latavius Murray was inactive because he came over from London in two days. So neither shined. Melvin struggled, frankly, until the end of the game, really, where he started to work on some four or five-yard runs. But they didn't trust Mike Boone with the ball, really, all game. We saw Devine Ziegbo get some touches. So what that tells me is that Latavius Murray is going to get this work next week. I really think Latavius Murray is going to be the guy to own in Denver this time next week because Melvin didn't play well, and they don't seem to trust him. They tried to give anyone else touches. They just didn't feel like they had the names available. Yeah, and you know, Mike Boone had seven carries, 38 yards. That's, pretty, that's decent, you know. But like I said, like you said, there's nobody was supremely trusted. And just because Melvin Gordon's not carrying it away, I can I agree that Latavius Murray does can come in and has a great chance to lead this backfield. Uh, you definitely, you know, if they're still on waivers, definitely grab them. They probably got picked up already, though. Um, yeah, and then just Russell Wilson. Yeah, 11, 11 points. Like, you know, this has just kind of been the story of his year. You know, I thought that he would get it together soon, but it just appears that, um, you know, it, it could be a longer term issue here. And, you know, Russell Wilson has had years in the past where he goes half a year, you know, with struggling. Um, so I just don't know. I, yeah, I'm just not sure about this Denver offense. And, I, you know, I'm just less confident after today's game that they, they're, they're going to be able to right the ship any time in the near future. You know, I, Melvin Gordon is has four fumbles already, 44th in yards per touch and 44th in yards per carry. Cortland Sutton's had a nice year so far, but just still no touchdown. So that's really going to cap his upside, I think. Um, lots of targets, though. Jerry Judy, um, disappointing three catches on, on uh, eight targets. 53 yards is okay. Uh, I didn't expect Dion uh, on the Colts side. Uh, yes, I didn't expect Dion Jackson to have third. I didn't expect him just to dominate the workload. Philip Lindsay to get the second most, and then Naeem Hines to completely, completely be phased out. That was a big surprise to me. Well, Naeem Hines got concussed in that three oh, see, or four I didn't plays even, in. Oh, yeah. see, I'm glad. See, this, no, is, see, this is why I'm, no, I didn't even get a chance yeah. to see that. <laughs> no, that's fine because that set the tempo for the entire game. Was the, honestly, outside of poor offense, was injuries. Um, I'm, I'm with the IDP guys myself. So defensively, there was a ton of them uh, between Josie Jewell for the linebacker or the linebacker for the Lions for, uh, oh, my goodness, I'm forgetting other names, but uh, even Garrett Bowles broke his left uh, broke his leg, uh, left tackle for the Broncos. It was just a terrible game. And honestly, it wasn't because of the offense, it was because of the injuries. But Naeem Hines got concussed. The new concussion rule, he was staggered. He was stumbling. It was Tua-esque. Um, it was, the new concussion rule says that he's not going to come back in regardless of what the doctors say. So he was ruled out pretty quickly. But, yeah, Deion, Deion Jackson getting the, getting the ball. He looked good with his touches. Matt Ryan was sure to compliment him as well after the game in the post-game presser because I was waiting to see everything about this game after. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think we can call him the third string. And Naeem Hines is possibly going to miss another, you know, miss a game with a concussion. I mean, it's a 10-day. It's a long break because it was a Thursday game. So we'll see. And we'll see what Jonathan Taylor's at his recovery from a high ankle sprain. But Deion Jackson, the offensive line is just terrible. It's really bad. I think it's the worst in football. So 
Deion Jackson's a low-level starter, maybe, if everybody else is out, but it's not a good offense to really be attached to. Yeah, I completely agree. See, you know, I always I always hate it because Thursday night's the only game I never get to watch. And so, you know, I'm always just like, I'm always just scanning for headlines at like midnight. And I, you know, I can't even watch it at my bar anymore because thanks, Jeff Bezos, for putting it on Amazon Prime and I can't even put it on the bar TV anymore. So thanks for that. So I'm always, I'm always like these Thursday night games. I'm always just like, ah, oh, got to scan through the stat sheet, got, got to look at Twitter headlines, but I missed that one. See, see, that's why I'm glad I had you on. Yeah. No, so um, you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss Giants Bears next week, man. What are you gonna <laughs> yeah. do? Yeah, and I don't, yeah, whoever's making this Thursday <laughs> night matchups needs to be fired. Uh, and then, but what are your feelings on Michael Pittman? I just don't, you know, it just seems like I, I just don't know if this is gonna be, you know, people drafted him as a wide receiver one, and I'm just not sure he's gonna get there this year. I think the problem is the touchdowns. I mean, I, I think the problem is almost the same thing we saw with Corlin Sutton, what you brought up before, is like he's just not going to get the touchdowns. I mean, he's a good player, and that's why his floor is as high as it is, because he's got the target share for, albeit a run-first offense, but Matt Ryan doesn't have the ball, doesn't have the time to get the ball out, and when he does get the ball out, it's not always the best throw. So, Michael Pippen is fine. I don't think we're going to get the wide receiver one numbers that we wanted. I know I wanted as well, uh, but I think I think we still count on him as a top 24 guy, just based on volume. The offense has to get better throughout the year. Um, it's a very young offensive line, so I'm hoping that maybe that gets rectified. They have new starters on each end of the tackles, and both got embarrassed. Like, one of the worst performances by a pair of tackles I've seen in my short lifetime. So I'm hoping that all gets, you know, worked out over time. Uh, but right now, I think it's just a low-ceiling type of guy. I completely agree. And, uh, but, you know, I do like Alec Pierce. Uh, he might be en entering some deep league flex consideration. Uh, you know, another eight catches for 81 yards this week. He's been fairly consistent. Um, he's, I think he's, I think he's led him in points the last couple weeks even. Um, so Alec Pierce is looking pretty good. I know a lot of people were ready to write him off, you know, ready to write him off for Ashton Doolin, but I think, you know, I think Alec Pierce is going to be the wide receiver too, clearly in this wide receiver room. Uh, just one other note that uh, it's Albert Aquabunum, I think is dead. I think he died. Oh, yes. oh, he's long gone. I had a, I, I had a small prop last night on a first touchdown for Eric Saubert, actually. Because Eric Saubert's taking oh. that job. And, I mean, first touchdown never happened because the touchdown never happened. But it it, it was – he took the job over last week. It's, I think it was 77% of snaps last week. He felt like he registered at least that this time. They're rotating in Beck and um, uh, Tomlinson over uh, – Alberto as well. I just say Alberto because I'm not even gonna try to mispronounce his last name and be insulting. So, I yeah, I it's it, he's dead. He's cuttable in all formats, honestly. Yep, completely agree. It does appear to be Eric Saubert's, uh, you know, starting job now. So, that is disappointing. I did draft Albert O in a lot of best ball drafts. Uh, moving on though, uh, just have you know the Rams offense is another one that's kind of like in the situation that Denver's in. It's it's struggling. Uh, lots of talented players that just aren't putting it together. Um, the offensive line is struggling. Uh, Matthew Stafford uh, is not uh, playing great under pressure. He has uh, seven, inter I believe he has seven interceptions this season to four or five touchdown passes. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just can't get it together. Nothing besides Cooper Cup is getting going. Allen Robinson is extremely disappointed. Do you think it starts and uh, do you think it starts with Matthew Stafford here or do you think it's, it's a deeper issue? I think it starts with the offensive line, and that leads to Stafford. Um, I, I mean, it, it goes both ways. It goes 50-50 with it, where the defense has done their job. The secondary hasn't been amazing, but they've done their job. So you look at the offense. You look at the offense at that point. Rushing attack is meh. It's okay, but then you look at the line, and the line's allowing a lot of pressure. That's on the offensive line, but it's on Stafford to deal with that. And he's dealt with it in Detroit. He's dealt with it in years past. But last year, he just had a much better unit, um, and that's what led them to a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl win and they don't have that right now and now he's just he's he's throwing at a safety blank he's throwing at Higby on short plays he's throwing at, at a cup because obviously he will and he's not moving from those two reads and that's just so limiting for an offense when you do that especially when cup works the inside Higby works the inside and then those outside threats are gone I think Van Jefferson is so quietly important to this offense that they are missing it right now because they don't have any no one can go deep right now outside of unless you want to try to say cup deep, but that's not using his talents well. So they they lack a deep threat, and Matt Stafford's not playing well enough under pressure. So I trust them to figure it out. It's still Sean McVay and still Matt Stafford, but uh, it's not he's not a lock-in, plug-and-play starter like we hoped he would be.
Yeah, it's unfortunate. Before I give you a couple of my quick takes, I'm just going to do a, pay a couple bills real quick. The Sports Gambling Fantasy Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. They're giving away an autographed DeAndre Swift jersey and a merch store gift card. Get all the details by following them on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. We're also brought to you by the MLB Gambling Podcast. They're giving away an MLB, MLB jersey as part of their Wild Cup Playoff Contest exclusively on the SGPN app. Um, a little bit more on WinBet. The WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Looking to join WinBet, biggest winners, winners club. Whoever has the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone turned $6 into $4,000 plus. They got a free $1,000 bet. WinBet truly, hashtag GGens only. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash, slash WinBet so they know we sent you. Offer subject change, terms, conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So, it's, yeah, I completely agree. I do think Matthew Stafford can get it together here. I have too much faith in those guys. That Matthew Stafford is only 33 years old. Uh, you know, maybe I'm Actually, maybe I'm mixing up him and Russell Wilson's age. Still, early 30s. Um, and, yeah, I just think Sean McVay is one of the best coaches. Cooper Cup is fantastic. I, yeah, though, I don't know if this offense can function just like giving him a 50% target share. Uh, Tyler Higby's been fantastic. He, he's been the he's been the de facto wide receiver too in this offense so far, and I was kind of big on him before the season. So I'm glad to see him finding some success. You know, it's just one of those things. Just like Jerry Judy, I do think if the offense can find a little bit more success, I think that'll just translate to Allen Robinson. I'm not he's not a transcendent uh, player anymore where he can you know force his way into the conversation anyway. But I do think if this Rams offense is really good, I do think Allen Robinson can find uh, some more room. Uh, I, the running back room is so frustrating, though. Uh, what, what are your feelings? I just like, man, it just seems like it changes every week. Right when I was about to crown Acres, like the, I was like, I think he's, I think he's taking it now. And then, you know, here we are again. Kind of, it's all Darrell Henderson get a significant workload. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I just don't think either of them are good enough to take the run with it, and that's kind of what we've seen through four weeks. And I don't want to overreact to four weeks, but the offensive line's not playing well, like I said before, and neither of them have done enough to take the job, and more so. Neither of them catch passes. Neither of them are being utilized really in the passing game more than another. And that is the difference maker where right now the ground to pound guys for a mid scoring offense that even if it gets to a high scoring offense, they could fluctuate goal line carries. And we just ha don't have any defined roles for them where they're just alternating drives and it's a 50, 50 timeshare. And it works if they're running like the Browns, but they're still passing the ball at a high rate. They're not scoring every single drive. So it's just so hard to maintain a 50-50 timeshare for fantasy and be happy with it. But they're going to continue to eat into each other between that six to eight point range. And if one of them gets a touchdown and you guess the right one, you might be okay with it. Um, but until that happens, until one of them magically becomes Daniel Himes and Austin Eckler starts catching passes, you're, you're not going to be happy with it. And so disappointing because for years we chased the Rams running back. And I, Todd Gurley is still one of my favorite players of – fantasy history so it's it's just disappointing and especially someone who's a cam makers fan coming out and obviously the achilles tear but it is what it is at this point yeah i i drafted a little bit of cam just because i love the upside in that fourth and fifth round just like you said with that rams running back i did chase that a little bit but then overexpose myself but i do have some cam makers and i'm definitely disappointed um, one one offense that is not struggling um, someone that i thought just maybe we need to readjust our expectations for is the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, you know, we we were we were avoiding the Seattle Seahawks all summer in fantasy draft because we thought this was going to be a disaster with Geno Smith. What are your thoughts on players like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and how they can be treated in fantasy lineups going forward? No, I was completely wrong on Seattle. Uh, playing playing simple, I think a lot of people were, but uh, Geno is running the offense well and he's doing everything he needs to do. And at the same time, I feel like it can't be maintained. I don't think we're going to get this for sixteen games from Geno, but. He's played well against tough units. So until that changes, I'm not gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. So DK is gonna be a very still gonna be hit or miss, but talent-wise, he possesses that type of upside, like in a way of Mike Williams, of some games you're gonna be disappointed, some days you're not. And that's gonna come down to whether DK makes a huge play or Gino looks to him. But the bigger thing I'll take away from this is 
the tight ends, man. He's targeting them at a ridiculously high rate. And it's where all the touchdowns are going. Will Disley. Then you would expect Will Disley to be a tight end one this year because that's what he is. And as someone who's ranking uh, tight ends for the IDP guys, it is so difficult to rank him because he hasn't had a week with more than four targets. He hasn't caught more than four in a week. And that was his last week against Detroit where everyone catches passes. It's just that he scored a touchdown in three of those games. And he's not a 100% snap guy. He's 60, 60, 70. Like that's the range he's in because he's splitting with Noah Sam. Does he catch a touchdown a game in Seattle? Because right now he's doing that. And if he's going to do that, we all know for tight end, that's more than enough. So what what are your thoughts on Will Disley? Because I really am trying to get a handle on it. And it, it, I'm curious. It's tough. I, I, I trusted Will Disley in the past and he's disappointed me. It's been a couple of years, but he had a really hot start, I believe, to the 2019 season. And I was like, man, is this is this one of the next guys? And of course, he ended up getting hurt, unfortunately. In the last couple of years, uh, he's kind of been wrestling with Gerald Everett and stuff like that. And uh, it just hasn't happened for him. So, you know, just with this desolate landscape that we're about to get into, actually, on the next topic, uh, you know, it's just I, I mean, it's hard not to rank him as like a top 16, 17, 18 option just because like, man, who else am I going to put in there? Uh, I think Disley, Disley does have a little bit of upside. Although, you know, fans still there, and I know that they kind of do it a little bit of a timeshare, and that's kind of my concern is I, it's a timeshare tight end, and that will be tough for him. But if he continues this, uh, you know, he has as much touchdown upside as about anybody at this point. So I do like Will Disley, and I have been drafting him in some best ball underdog drafts uh, that are starting in week six. So he's certainly been a target for mine. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf here I'm treating as a top uh, 20 wide receiver going forward. You know, and I, that's factoring in a little bit of aggression, I think, too. Uh, you know, he has a 27% target share, 14 in air yards, 17 in expected fantasy points. Tyler Lockett, 26.4% target share, 21 in air yards, 22 in expected fantasy points. They're uh, they're significantly outproducing their ADP and have been great values so far. Uh, Rashad Penny, I think, is going to be a little bit game script dependent. Uh, you know, if they stay competitive, I think he has a good chance a lot of weeks. But um, I think you'll see a lot of up and down performances from him. Uh, on, right, on to the next one here. Uh, and it just gives kind of a good lead in with Will Disley. Uh, man, it's been tough on the tight ends. Specifically, I just wanted to talk about Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Kyle Pitts. Whew, you know, this has been a tough year for the, especially if you drafted those tight ends early. Is there any hope for these guys going forward? I'm telling you, you can add PJ Hopkins this week before he dropped 40 last week. Was, I mean, three weeks away, and then everyone heard and he just took over. But yeah, these mid-run tight ends not working out. And the one I want to focus on is George Kittle because the other two are just not playing well enough. Um, or Kyle Pitts is playing fine. He's just not getting the ball because Marcus Mariota is not looking to him. But George Kittle is so interesting because he's still playing well. It just doesn't matter for fantasy because they're basically playing him as a left tackle. Do you want to let, – let's play a little game here. I'm sorry. How many routes has George Kittle run through two weeks? Uh, I almost, I thought I maybe had actually the stat written down. Oh, I don't, oh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm going to say that he's, I think I remember I was on his player profiler. I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's like 15 or 16 in routes to run, but I, I don't want to put a firm number on that. He's run 22, 22 total routes in, in oh. two weeks, two full oh games. Oh my God. That's worse than I thought. It's that's the problem. That's the problem is opportunity where I, I can confidently say George Kittle might be able to get it done with 22 routes, but he hasn't yet because you're counting on him to do an outlandish thing. And it's working for the 49ers. The 49ers lost Trent Williams as well a couple weeks ago to the ankle. Um, so they're going to use him in the run game. And I'm, I'm hoping that balances out, but they have IU, they have Debo. They like Jawan Jennings as a blocker. It's, it's working for them right now, and I'm worried that they're not going to change it. So he's another person that's tough for me to rank because you're still probably going to start him given how bad tight end is. But I've slid him to the low end tight end one range, and that's kind of what I'm going to treat him as. Yeah, it's it's been tough. I didn't draft a ton of George Kittle, um, you know, and even last year, you know, he just he, this is kind of just a microcosm of how he's been used in the past. Block, he's, he's blocking a ton this year, but you know, he's blocked in the past more than you wanted to. Um, the San Francisco is a low volume passing offense. So that kind of caps him right there. 37.6% uh, of his 2021 production last year came in two games, you know, where he scored 30 plus PPR points in those games. Uh, so, you know, he's just a boomer bust guy. And I think that boom is coming, but it doesn't make up for the, you know, the six or seven weeks that he's not giving you that. Uh, 
So I just think it's time. Yeah, we move George Kittle down. He is no, he's not in that Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews range. It's not even close anymore. Um, you know, I mean, he's fine. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, you can treat him in that next tier, you know, in the mid, those mid rounds, sixth, seventh, eighth round going forward, maybe even next year. Maybe he can even be a value pick next year. Um, he's still relatively young. I just don't think he's in that elite band. He's a great real life tight end, but that just doesn't sometimes translate uh, to the NFL. On uh, Darren Waller, on the other hand, he's he's not having that problem. He's fifth in routes run, um, but he's only had 5.3 PPR points the last two weeks. And uh, I wrote an article on him in the offseason that he actually only averaged um, 11.3 uh, points per game in 2021. It's just he's like, you know, he's going to have some boom weeks. He's very talented, but it's just, you know, a lot of these tight ends just are consistent. It's, you know, I mean, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are kind of unicorns in the sense that they're their utilization every week. But the rest of the guys, you know, sometimes they're part of the game plan. Sometimes they're not. Um, so, you know, I'm just I'm just not big. You know, going forward, I'm either going to draft Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews next year, or I'm just not going to draft a tight end until way, way later. <laughs> Is that how you kind of feel? Yeah, that's I mean, that's also how I felt going to see. I won't lie. I, I did take some chances on George Kittle. I was really counting. And I think the, obviously the injury also stunted that and made me the, the two week blow hurt even more. Um, but yeah, Darren Waller, uh, it's just not he's going to have to score and the Raiders offense is not moving the ball well enough right now. Now that could change, you know, first year head coach for them in that system, a lot of new pieces. Maybe it's just gelling. They lost Hunter Renfro or somebody that will move the ball. And maybe that gets Waller closer to a touchdown. He's only scored one through four weeks. So maybe it gets better. The targets are still not terrible for a tight end. What he's commanding right now. What is he? He's, he's got six, eight, five and five. You know, it's not amazing. But if you can grab a touchdown along with those, and you know, along with what Darren Waller can do with the ball in his hands, it's not bad. But Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro to me, and the emergence of Matt Collins is just that's the difference of you have, I mean, Renfro's missed a couple of weeks, but you have two wide receivers that Carr's looking to. And that didn't really happen years past. It was Waller and then everyone else. Yeah, I it's tough. I, Darren Waller's just somebody I haven't been on, so I'm, I haven't felt that disappointment until this year. Yeah. yeah, but George Kittle is someone I felt that disappointment a little bit. Kyle Pitts, man, I, he's going to get it together. I'm not even going to dive into that too much. He's going to get it together. But man, this offense, this quarterback, it's going to have to be, I think, maybe in 2023 when they draft their top five first-round quarterback. Um, but before we dive into the underdog DFS, which is why we're here, I'm going to jump into a few more ad reads. If you watch if you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games at 4K at no extra charge. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. You ever wish that before every NFL game, you could get up-to-date and accurate information before placing bets or locking in your fantasy lineups? Well, now you can with the Elias Game Plan app. Whether you're part of a fantasy tournament, placing bets, or just a huge sports fan and stats nerd, Elias Game Plan has everything that you need. Um, it's all backed by their renowned research team. And now with their chat feature, you can talk to them directly and receive the information you need to, to back your big decisions on betting on your fantasy football league. Plus, their newly added weekly survivor pool analyst keeps you in the game. Uh, take the NFL season to the next level and download the Elias Game Plan to app today. Choose from three game plans when you subscribe weekly, monthly, or annual. But I can get you 25% off your first month when you choose the monthly subscription. Just use our promo code SGPN25. Find Elias, Elias Game Plan Sports Betting app in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN25. That's 20% off your shipping at... You also get 20% off your free shipping at manscaped.com and use our, our promo code SGP. It's time you level up from the Amazon to the Armadog. Oh, man. I See, I, there, there was a joke there that I missed, the the Amadong. I think that's a that's a sexual innuendo joke there from our, from our SGPN <laughs> ad guys with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. <laughs> no house advantage is uh, changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250K plus in cash. Download the app, choose the contest, select your player pops, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on 
Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every single major sports, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at No House Advantage or download the app to get a first deposit match up to $25. See, that's why they need to tell me when they, they throw stuff in there like that. I can't, I couldn't even pronounce what he was trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, you know Sometimes. what? I think every fantasy, yeah, I think every fantasy football podcast has been uh, brought to you by Manscaped at some point. So trim yourself up there down there, guys. <laughs> uh, jumping into the underdog stuff. Uh, I just wanted to jump into some of our uh, favorite game stacks for the week to start off with. Uh, you know, I, starting off with one just I, I really like because, uh, you know, I wasn't I wouldn't have really thought about, you know, I, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be electric. But this wasn't one that was super on my radar until I saw the over under of 48. They actually do expect Vegas does expect Atlanta to have a few points this week. Um, and I think, yeah, the over under is 48. You got some great GPP plays on Atlanta like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, even, you know, those are the type of, you know, with the struggle, actually, well, Kyle Pitts is out. I'm sorry, he's got just got officially got declared out. So no Kyle Pitts, but Drake London, um, Tyler Algier is a nice chalk play, you know, especially at his cheap price. Um, yeah, what are your feelings on this game? Do you think it, you can kind of hit that over? Do you, th- do you think Atlanta will find some success, especially maybe if they get down or just flinging the ball around? I want to say yes because this this Tampa Bay secondary is not good. Um, and the corners aren't playing well. The safeties are better tacklers than they are in coverage, and it's showing. Um, so I want to like I, I have a lot of I have a lot of Tyler Algier. Uh, I, I do a lot of pre-draft type of things, and I was such a big fan of Tyler Algier. Just want to slip to day three. I want to play him, but that Tampa lineup is that Tampa D line is always a little bit scary. Uh, but as for the secondary, it's it comes down to what you can get from Mark Are We going to get week four, or are we going to get semblances of what we saw on the years past or weeks past because 16 passes completing six of them is not going to be that done for anyone for fantasy. I do think it bounces out a bit. I don't think we're going to see colossally bad Mariota. And if I'm going to play anyway, I, I, I do like the value on Drake London because Drake London has shown that he has some upside that we didn't think was possible in this land office. You know, he's put up a 20 point week in just a four week span as a rookie with Mariota. And I, I, I have to believe I have to believe Arthur Smith does not takes one step back from his ground and pound mantra and says, listen, we're not going to run the ball 30 times against the Bucks. Do I have, and is there, maybe I'm giving Arthur Smith too much credit, but I, I, I do, I do like attacking the Atlanta passing game that nobody wants to attack right now. You know that I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I think that it's a nice uh, buy low opportunity. Um, Especially like, yeah, guys like Drake London, um, Kyle Pitts, you know, even these guys, uh, I especially love them in dynasty leagues because, you know, I, I know that they're going to have some boom bust performances this year, which will keep down their fantasy value. But man, I really do uh, like them going forward. And I think once they do get a quarterback in 2023, they'll be fantastic. Um, I do have, I, I don't think Kyle Pitts has lost it. I think we just need a quarterback in there who's, who's willing to throw him the ball and a co- coach that's willing to drop some plays for him as well. Um, you know, that, that one's the, that one's another obvious one, but you know, this one is the, probably the biggest, be the biggest one of the week. So you might have to find ways to get unique here. Um, you know, it's the Philadelphia, Arizona game, the over-unders at 48.5. Um, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, very chalk. Uh, but yeah, I, I do love the players in it. I do love Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, it's more in fantasy than even in real life. Uh, he's, it's almost like a tale of two worlds. It's like, uh, you know, they have one of the worst, uh, off you know, the one of the worst, like expected uh, points per, uh, per play on, on the uh, on the first half and then one of the best in the second half. So uh, Murray's number one in passing attempts, uh, number two in uh, true accuracy rating, but only uh, in only 22.8 rushing yards per game, which is a little bit interesting. Uh, you know, he just doesn't seem to, you know, they, he seems to be just committed to throwing the ball and, and kind of taking that rushing aspect out of the side a little bit. Uh, you have some, uh, you know, other than, you know, uh, we, we love we love both, of the, especially the Philadelphia Eagles are fantastic. We love that offense. But do you just have any, like, maybe some sleepers for this game or just uh, maybe how you're attacking this game exactly? If you want a super deep sleeper, Philadelphia has been susceptible to the tight end. So a lot of people, like, I think Eckert's a good week. Trey McBride, not really counting on a rookie, but he did see his biggest bump in playing time this past week, as he's seen all season, uh, plays, you know, season high 32. Uh, I don't really want to chase it because it's still a three-man type of rotation in terms of Ertz as the guy, and then they have Max Williams as a blocker in there as well. But um, 
I mean, Rondell Moore, I don't like Rondell Moore. I never liked him as a prospect, but honestly, I thought his size was going to hold him back, and that's kind of what's happened so far. So, but that said, he completely, uh, his return, completely sent Greg Dorsch to the bench. Like, gone. You know, gone, non-existent. And Devontae Maddox coming off an ankle injury, it might be a slot type of play that you can target. Uh, Rondell Moore, somebody that is going to get snaps, somebody that can make his week in one day in a high-scoring game. You know, I, 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 I chalk up every single Eagle as someone I want to play. So that's why I'm not even going to touch on them because I will play and draft every single yeah. Eagle. Um, so I think Rondell Moore might be an interesting deeper target just because we want pieces in a high-scoring offense that can do stuff with the ball in their hands. And, I mean, they want him to be that, which is why he got the snaps last week. Um, yeah, and – uh, I, I, yeah, every, like you said, everybody in this Philadelphia offense is fantastic. You know, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts from, you know, must starts top five wide receiver locked in top two, three quarterback every single week. Uh, you know, I, I, even Devontae Smith, you know, I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, I think, you know, I like him better than Dallas Goddard in this offense. And, you know, I think, and he has a chance to really be the number two. I think Dallas Goddard can be a little bit boomer bust. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Hurts really has exceeded my expectations as a passer. I did, I did wonder if, if he would be able to maintain the fantasy value of all of these guys. So that is, uh, so that that's been fantastic to see, uh, you know, and one of my guys this week is uh, Zach Ertz, you know, just with Mark Andrews and uh, Travis Kelsey off the main slate of games this week, when you're in your underdog drafts, uh, I don't know if you know about the, uh, you know, you're probably not familiar with the battle Royale setup. It's a uh, six, it's a six man draft that go has six rounds. You pick six players. So, you know, not too deep. And, um, but yeah, so 36 picks total and just covers the main slate of games. It's like their version of DFS, uh, you know, it's right. uh, like, you know, without the salary. Uh, but yeah, Zach Ertz is, pro is going in like that third, fourth round range. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, he can have a real uh, production premium this week. You know, he's uh, he's number one in routes run, number four in fantasy points per game, uh, number four in targets for the tight end position. He's, uh, and, you know, with, with Kyler Murray throwing as much as he is, I think he has a ton of touchdown upside this week, so. I'm putting Zach Ertz in a lot of lineups this week. And, you know, one of the sneaky ones that I had here, I just thought that no, nobody would really be paying attention to it, was uh, the Detroit-New England game. I just thought that Detroit Lions aren't going to play a lot of defense. The Detroit offense is very good. Um, so not that there's a ton of New England-like wide receivers I want to put in this, but uh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, getting Goff, a wide receiver option, and then maybe getting some Ramondre Stevenson coming back, I think, uh, especially with a uh, – maybe playing in a negative game strip. I think Ramondi Stevenson might uh, get a lot of targets. Uh, do you, do you uh, think that uh, New England will be able to generate any success with uh, – is it Zap or Zappy? I've heard both. <laughs> I, I've heard Zappy more than I've heard Zap, but I truthfully can't tell you for sure. Um, you know, I talked – I mean, I, yeah, yeah. The most confident people I've talked to say <laughs> Zap, but, like, the commentators on TV and everybody else says Zappy. So I, I'm thinking – I think it might be Zappy. But um, I haven't quite confirmed that yet, even after a week. So I do apologize about that. <laughs> I, I've been calling Romeo Romeo Dubs, you know, the wrong name for all off season. So you're not, you're definitely not alone with the <laughs> name uh, mispronunciations. But the, I mean, yeah, Detroit is what first in points scored, but they have one win, and I pour it out for them uh, <laughs> because that's just it's no fun right there. But Swift. I'm expecting Swift to miss another week, which means you could easily fire up Jamal Williams as a borderline RB1. Um, I think just purely based on volume, based on his offense, is going to lose the ball. Um, but as for wide receivers, I think Amon Ross, we're, we're going to expect him to miss another week. He hasn't practiced yet this week with the ankle, and that's a big deal. Um, I thought it was, I thought Detroit would crash down without him truthfully last week, and Hawkinson took up the mantle. They'll get Shark back this week. Josh Reynolds will be still around. Um, and they're going to also lose Quintus Cephas as another depth piece. So, so much emphasis is going to be on those top guys. And I, I think we can't help but say we want pieces of Detroit, right? I mean, I, they're going to put up points. I, I think at this point we kind of have to accept it. And the Patriots' defense has not been anything special. They are in Foxborough, but I'm not going to discount anyone for that. So I think Chark is shaping up to be the wide receiver one for what is the highest-scoring highest offense in the NFL. And Chark is not a garbage wide receiver. This isn't just elevating the next guy up. Chark is a fine wide receiver. He's not special, but he's fine. And I think you can easily get him at, you know, he can, he can fill in for your sixth round uh, draft at the end there. I mean, 
taking a chance of being the highest score for the highest scoring offense. That's not that's not a bad way to get unique because his ADP is probably a little bit past that. So oh, you know, yeah. I mean, not not a ton of people will be picking him up there. That's a good pick. I'm worried about Josh Reynolds a little bit on his heels, though. Uh, Josh Reynolds has been good too, though. But I'll tell you, there could be room for both of them this week. There's no Swift. Uh, there's, you know, what, what he, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, you know, I know he hasn't practiced, so that's probably puts him out. Um, I don't know if there was an official designation yet, but yeah, I would expect him not to play this weekend. So, like you said, fire those guys up. Um, and I, yeah, like I said, I really like Ramondre Stevenson. This could be a good Ramondre Stevenson week. Uh, you know, okay, Detroit has yeah. scored the most, but they've also allowed the most points in the league, and that's why they're, they've scored uh, one game. So, um, Ramondre Stevenson, I think, could have a big week this week, especially if Z- if Zap or Zappy just uh, is dumping it off to him. So, I like that pick a lot. Uh, just going on to some of our my favorite uh, value picks here. Pull up my list here. Or no, I guess I I have my game stacks here. Um, you know, just because you have Allen and you have um, you have Allen and Stefan Diggs both going in the first round. Uh, you know, if you do a thousand, if you do a hundred drafts, there might be one in a miracle situation. You can stack Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs together, but it's probably not going to happen. As in that six round draft, they're probably going to go in your first six pick. Um, Allen and Davis. Uh, you know, I just think that man. I know he, it's one of those things that you know I'm always chasing that guy who hasn't been playing well in GPP. Uh, so. Davis is somebody that is just massively unperformed so far, 11.8% target share so far, but he has a 97.7% route participation. So I just like, he's running the routes. He's just not getting targeted. And I don't quite understand it. I, I do think he was overdrafted a bit uh, this year, but I do think he can read, but what are your, what are your thoughts on Gabriel Davis? Do you think, you know, you think he, we're going to see a big improvement going forward? I want to, but I don't think we will. I mean, I, I think jo- I think Josh Allen and the Bills are a high-scoring team, and that's going to work for Gabe Davis some weeks. But the target share, like you just brought up, that, what, 11 point, under 12%, that's not good enough. That's just not. And it's something that he's done. This is what Gabe Davis was last year. It's what he was the year before that. It's not commanding target share, but he flashes with the touchdowns, and we want that upside. But the guy that I'm exactly happily and very clearly that I think he's a plug and play almost every now as I say Kenzie. Um a guy that saw six six or more targets each of the last two weeks, nine and then six. Uh Jameson Crowder is now out with a foot injury, broke his foot. That's another slot element that's now out the door. And McKenzie's getting touchdowns. He has three touchdowns in four weeks. So I'm not gonna say that he's a touchdown guy. He's a small slot guy. They're a little bit fluky and the ones that he scored aren't long ones either which he can rip off, um, but he's just finding them in the red zone. So I want to play McKenzie right now. And the snaps have been around. Well, he's done all that on 50% of snaps. Pretty much every single week, he's at 50%. That can jump now with James Crowder out of the out of the loop. I really think it can, and I think it will. And now if Dawson Knox is also out, I haven't checked his injury since Wednesday. I know he missed Wednesday with an injury. Um, but that's another person that also took the occasional slot snap. That's also going to be out of the picture. So I'll fire up Isaiah McKenzie easily against the like Pittsburgh that. Steelers. That I don't. I don't think the Steelers have a slot corner that can cover them. I like that. I really like that. Um, you know, I, I I love McKenzie in my DraftKings uh, uh, weekend. But you know, in underdog, it's it's there's only 36 players drafted. It's a little sure. shallow for McKenzie. I think you know maybe get 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 him once because you know what what if he what if he gets breaks off a 70 yard touchdown? You know what I mean in this offense. So. Maybe get a share, McKenzie. You know, it's a little shallow for me. You know, I like to. De- I don't like to get uh, too too cute with these uh, lineups because you know it's usually, un- unfortunately, the way that this underdog kind of battle royale is set up. It's just like you have to hit you have, you have to hit the quarterback, the perfect quarterback wide receiver combo every week. That's pretty much been the winner every single week. And I saw the last guy who who won uh who won the big like fifty thousand dollar prize last week. He didn't have a single stack on his team. He just took the best player available. And it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't like a crazy lineup where it's like, oh man, this would never happen. You know what I mean? It was just like, you know, just a great pick in each round uh, that just ended up killing it. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to end up stacking in the underdog DFS like you do on the DraftKings slate, but it still is important. Uh, you know, that week one, it was Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. That was every single winner. And, you know, it, and it's been like that most weeks here. This, this past week was a little bit interesting. Um, and then, of course, the next one here, uh, and, you know, so another thing I was going to tell you is that there's only six quarterbacks drafted, too. 
So, you know, you kind of have to, it's a little bit different. Uh, so you kind of have to, it, that's the only allowable quarterbacks drafted. So, you know, you're, you're kind of picking for elite quarterback stacks. Otherwise it's just, eh, well, I didn't get a stack. Uh, but the next one I had here was Brady and Evans or Godwin. Uh, that one is obtainable. Uh, you know, Brady and Evans will be very popular though. So I like, uh, I like the Chris uh, Brady and Chris Godwin stack this week. Uh, Chris Godwin did, I believe have 10 targets uh, in the last week, uh, you know, and he was struggling coming back from an injury. He went down a couple times again, but I do, he's, you know, he appears to be on track to play this week. And I just think we're going to see, he's going to get better and better as he gets re- uh, more return from that ACL. Uh, do you, uh, do you think, uh, Tom, do you, how, how do you feel about the, a Bucks wide receiver core going forward. Do you think that they're going to continue that the success that they had last year? I don't think we're going to see what we got last year because I think there's okay. just been a lot of changes to this unit. The offensive line's, you know, worse. The new coordinator in terms of Bruce Arians is now gone. Tom Brady is not dust. I'm never going to say that because I'm always wrong, but he's not slinging it like he was last year. But Chris Godwin is – I do like that. Chris Godwin would be my play over Mike Evans just because I think you can get him probably around later type of thing. Um, just because Mike Evans blew up last week, Chris Godwin did not. But in his first game back, he jumped back to 83% of snaps. That will probably rise even more once he's fully healthy. Um, but the difference was he only saw six yards per target last week. That's not the norm for him. He's normally around that 10 range, and that's a big change in, that's a big change in value. So I think he could definitely go the way. Chris Godwin has three or touchdowns too. He didn't fight it last week, and that's you were a little bit, you know, met with his return, but I mean, any, all everything indicates this is going to be the Tampa is going to have their way with this unit. The Tampa is going to move, be able to move the ball, and Chris Godwin saw the target share. He just didn't see the touchdowns, and he's done that before. So I just like it all to come together this week as well. I like that stack a lot. Yeah, um, I it's it's Tom Brady. You know, I I, I figured he was going to get it together at some point here. Um, I just yeah, you know, he just seems to be a, you know a little bit. You know, you you trust Tom Brady, even in his older age, to overcome this type of stuff more than you trust Russell Wilson at this point. So, yeah, it's 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 a little bit crazy, but I I expect Leonard Fournette to have a big week. I actually uh, I'm thinking about in my uh, cash game lineup for DraftKings this week. I'm thinking about just putting Leonard Fournette and Tom Brady in there. I just like I think that they can both succeed in this uh, 48 over under. Uh, there's going to be some scoring. I think Tom Brady's going to throw it a lot to Leonard Fournette. I normally would never stack in a cash game, particularly stack a running back and a quarterback together. Mm-hmm. But I think both those guys are super safe options for the week. Um, the dump downs are real in Tampa right yeah. now. I mean, what Rashad White caught seven balls last week. Let mm-hmm. him cost seven balls last week. I think we all talk about Rashad White. You know, it's a popular waiver waiver pickup if you were available in your leagues for normal formats. But Leonard Fournette still gets that work too. And I mean, if again, if they're able to move the ball, if the passing game opens up lanes for the rushing attack, which hasn't happened yet, Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's still he's still the workhorse for that team. Yeah, I completely. I, yeah, you know what? I, it was a weird game last week against my Chiefs. It, it was. was uh, <laughs> you know, the, the Chiefs actually have a pretty good run defense, and Leonard Fournette was just bottled mm-hmm. up a little bit, and they were seeing what they could do with Rashad White. I don't expect that to continue. I think White will have a role in this backfield, but I do think uh, you'll see Fournette get the bulk of the carries, at least for this year. Uh, you know, this is another one. Uh, Hertz and A.J. Brown in, your, in the underdog battle royale this week won't be obtainable. That, that'll be, you know, if you do 100 drafts, and you you might get it one time, and that's great. Go for it. Get get it if you can. Absolutely. But I didn't even put that down just because I don't really think that that's realistic. So I do have uh, Hertz with Smith and Goddard. Uh, you know, I, I I did say that I uh, preferred uh, Smith to Goddard, but you know, uh, I do think a breakout's coming. You know, Goddard's going to have some big weeks this year, and this is the game to do it uh, against Arizona. I think it's going to be high flying. Um, Arizona, you know, they could get down big to start off with, but we know that Arizona is going to come roaring back in the second half when, when it's just Kyler Murray flinging the football, and we're not depending on Cliff Kingsbury to like create an offensive game plan. It's just go out there, Kyler Murray, and throw that ball. Uh, so, I do think that uh, Smith and Goddard could have some big value this week. Uh, Devontae Smith is is a, you know, kind of a boom or bust kind of guy, uh, and I think you know this could be that big week for him. So, that's a super popular one. Uh, you. Uh, you know, is there any sneaky options that you, you think, uh, you know, maybe Miles, you think this could be a Miles Sanders week, Kez Watkins, any other guys I'm forgetting about? If I'm going super deep, I don't think so. <laughs> In okay. terms of, uh, I think, yeah. I think, uh, I think you got that on the uh, head on the head, but I mean, Dallas Goddard, I like that as well, as well, because I mean, we're only four weeks in the Cardinals have faced guys like the Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Higby, and the Panthers, who don't have a tight end, but they're still allowing 
16 and a half fantasy points per game to the tight end. That's the second most in football right now. So in theory, that's a smash matchup for Dallas Goddard uh, in terms of this is as, as good of a situation as you can get in a high scoring game against a defense that doesn't know how to guard the tight end with a good offense, with a good tight end. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely think Dallas Goddard's in for a good week. Yeah. And then uh, I just uh, had a couple things on Smith here. Uh, 22.9% target share and 100% route participation. If you would have told us that before the year, I think we would, we would have been signing me up for Devontae Smith. Um, we've talked about Murray and Brown and Ertz a lot, so I'll skip past that one. But um, another one that I think just kind of getting lost in the wayside a little bit just because, you know, uh, Herbert and hasn't had quite – you know, he, he's leading the NFL in passing yards, but just he just the, the offense just hasn't quite clicked. They, have, they haven't been dominant like we thought they would be. Uh, but, yeah, I really like uh, Herbert and either Williams or Everett. And then uh, maybe bringing it back even with Nick Chubb, you know, which is possible, you know, uh, Nick, Nick Chubb kind of has that borderline first round ADP. So, you know, if you have that first pick in the draft, you can draft Justin Herbert. And then, you know, you might have a draft or two where Nick Chubb comes back in there. So I would definitely want to get that. Uh, but yeah, Williams or Everett, I think a great stacking option. It does appear that uh, Keenan Allen is going to miss yet another week this week. So uh, Williams has been very inconsistent, but uh, he is very talented. And I do think that he could find some success this week. How do you feel about the, the, this uh, this game? I think that what you said before about Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette being a rare stack, I think you can do that with Austin Eckler if he goes late enough in your draft so you can maybe come around with that. Um, because when Keenan Allen is out, Austin Eckler typically sees – he averages about six targets per game, which in addition to everything else he does, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And the touchdowns haven't come from outside of last week, and then that wheel kind of shook loose. I think he could definitely shake loose again this week. Um, and, I mean, the Chargers are good offense. We're kind of expecting them to score those points. And Mike Williams, totally fine with that as well. Everett, totally fine with that as well because Everett has got it done for them. And I'm so happy that he is. I think I have him as a top five tight end this week because I just like the matchup as well. Um, so I guess based on – I guess me based on saying he's a top five tight end, he's probably the best value of the bunch. If you want to go a little bit cheaper there, wait a couple of rounds, especially at tight end where, you know, you – you know, we like you said, we have Kelsey and Andrews out of the main slate. So – we have we're chasing for the other, those other names and i think ever could shake up shape up to be that best value for you yeah and you know i just think that it's actually works in the favor of uh the chargers fantasy sake that they're not quite as good i do think that cleveland could keep it could keep it competitive this week especially if they're able to get nick chubb going and control the game clock so i do think that will keep herbert in it and uh, be throwing the ball so i think this could be a big week for him um so next, uh, before I jump into the underdog best ball resurrection draft, which is super fun, I'm going to do my final ad read here. Uh, it's crazy that so many of us enjoy the finer things in life and so many of us settle, settle for blah coffee every day. With Trade Coffee, you can start every morning with something special. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a, it's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before. Because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffee in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. The coffee I, I get from Trade is so good, I can't believe how much I like when they, when they picked it for, out for me. And their team actually worked with me to create my own custom collection, which is great for me because um, if, you're, if you're like and want coffee to taste great, go out and check, uh, go out and check uh, the collection from Trade. Um, and if you and if what I got isn't up for your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with your coffees that you will love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best taping coffee delivered fresh when you need it. So if you want to support small business and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to, to try Trade Coffee right now. Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Um, odds Trader is fantastic as well. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sportsbooks. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. Some of these key points and features include Handicapping, play-by-play -play updates, live scores and bet tracking, and player statistics. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. 
and they, they had they wanted me to throw all these personal uh, it's like unfortunately guys i have not had a chance to get trade coffee yet so i was having a struggle to read that because they were like oh tell me about your experience i was like well okay i'm, I'm gonna do it today i'm ordering myself some trade coffee today and you should as well <laughs> for the uh, next show the next show yeah, yeah exactly I, I will have a real story for the next show okay i promise um, <laughs> that's a whole reason but, to tune in right there <laughs> but um all right let's jump into the underdog best ball stuff here um so i kind of explained it to you it is a best it is a just a best ball uh tournament uh you know season-long tournament that is starting in week six actually you know they call it resurrection because it's kind of coming up from the dead you know what i mean so it's kind of cool so it, that will start after this week so this will actually be the final show that we'll get a chance to talk about it before it closes up next thursday night so you know and this is 12 team you know it's an 18 round draft and like i said you know it's best ball so you know your best players get slotted in every week um and I've been having a ton of fun doing these drafts. Uh, and I just have, wanted to hear your your thoughts on some of my value picks here. Uh, so the quarterbacks have had a massive shift. Like, you know, like we had Lamar, Josh Allen as like the uh, late third round pick. And then, you know, kind of fell down, you know, maybe Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes were in the fourth and fifth round. And then Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray were in like that sixth round range. And now we, we've seen a big shift. It's smaller lineups. It's it's a it's three, it's a three wide receiver, two running back, one flex. So it's not, you know, not massive. So the quarterbacks have gone way up here, just considering, you know, how much they they've scored this year. Uh, Jalen Hurts had an ADP of 15.8. And I've, I've said, sign me up. I just think he gives, especially in those in a half PPR and a smaller lineup. I think he just has a huge value. I think, you know, he can, you know, he can be a big portion of your scoring every single week. Uh, do you think, uh, do you think that that's that's crazy? Do you think that it's we should still be getting those wide receivers and running backs there? Or do you think that's accurate? I think at this point of the year, I think it's the right approach. I think it's listen. We we ever I think everyone in this industry preaches be flexible. Some variation, some trade secret to saying be flexible. And I think this year is shaping up to be an outlier for quarterbacks. I'm, I hope it pays out well next year. But like the normal streamers are typically not hitting. They're not doing great. And it doesn't at all compare to the top tier guys of the Jalen Hurts, the Josh Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes of the world. So I'm completely on board. And then even, you know, you're talking about it's the resurrection draft. So, right, you got to, you want to make that, that, that round two. So you have a whole six round window and, you know, that schedule, you know, facing Steelers, Texans, Commanders, uh, Colts, Packers, like Titans it's a very good stretch of matchups as well for a quarterback that is matchup proof. So I very much, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I think it's at this point for 2021 or 2022, we have to, I, I think the quarterbacks, if we could redraft now, which is what you're doing, we would have be taking them earlier. So I completely agree. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, maybe if the lineups were a little bit deeper, um, I would pay yeah, it off that a little bit, but yeah, just, he's, he makes up such a significant portion of your weekly scoring. I'm fine taking him there. Uh, Kyler Murray at 43.6. I just think, you know, uh, like I said, there's, you can critique Kyler Murray's uh, play in the re, in the real NFL. Uh, you know, he, he's inconsistent counting. He, he plays his best from way behind, but we don't score that in fantasy. So uh, I just think, you know, he's leading the NFL in pass attempts. He's on a ridiculous pace. It's like 700. I, I'm going to, I'm not going to get the exact number, but it's like 723 passes that he's on pace for. It's something silly. It's in the seven, well into the 700. So um, I think thing at 43.6, I think, they're going to be struggling, you know, um, Cliff Kingsbury's not going to put him in too many positions to succeed. So I think you're going to see Kyler Murray flinging this ball around this year. Um, you, do you have any concerns about Kyler Murray going forward? No. And I, I mean, he's, I looked it up for you. He's on pace for 735 attempts, which is a NFL record. If that continues yeah. and the important distinction, I think there's two of them is that a, well, I guess three Kyler runs. So that helps as well. And I know he hasn't done it much this year, but he does it normally. So that could get back as well. That's regression metric right there. Uh, two, Cliff is coaching for his job. So I, it's all – he's throwing everything out there because I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, Cliff could be gone, and God will, he is. Three, D-Hop's not even back. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins will be back in you know week six, and who knows what he'll be, but they don't have – I mean, A.J. Green's dust, and they need someone else out wide. So that's, that's, that's a huge boost to this offense. If a Zach Ertz, Marquise Brown – DeAndre Hopkins is one of the he's a really really good core and that's gonna start up in week six so all four taking the buying the dip right now for sure 
Yeah, uh, I just yeah, I think Kyler Murray, uh, he I think it's in his range of outcomes to still finish as the quarterback one this season just because of what he's doing. He's going to have to rush the ball more to do that. And that might not happen. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's in his range of outcomes. So that's why sign me up. Uh, I did write this. I did put this down before last night's game. It hasn't really deterred me, but I did. I do still like Cortland Sutton's ADP at 32.5. Not not as quite as much as I did yesterday when I was filling this out just because that was such a horrible game. But, you know, he's just getting so many targets. It's just like the only thing missing is the touchdowns and like a more efficient offense. If, if Russell Wilson just could just, you know, get get him at like more of like a 60, 70 percent catch rate, uh, like unlike last night and get a touchdown here or there. This guy's going to be big time. Um, and yeah, I just, I really like Cortland Sutton this year. Uh, I was, I was a Jerry Judy guy. I, I thought Jerry Judy would be good. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lose faith only because of, of the Russ, just, you know, Russell Wilson, it, Cortland Sutton is the preferred option. That's clear. Uh, and Jerry Judy is the clear number two. I thought he would be able to support two wide receivers though. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. Even if this offense struggles though, I do think Cortland Sutton will find success. Uh, do you, do you think, uh, yeah. Do you think he's going to have any problems that this offense doesn't get any better? Besides the obvious, the obvious touchdowns that we talked about before, I think it can. I I, I think it's going to bounce back for him, and I also think for Judy. I'll toss this out to you because obviously you were you worked you see the game, and these are big ifs. But Judy was wide open on the touchdown that, uh, or on the interception that he threw to stuff on Gilmore that led the Colts to drive downfield. Wide open, could have been a walking touchdown, and about a couple of drives before he just Russ just missed him on a thirty yard would have been touchdown too. So. And Corlin Sutton's big 50-yard catch came when the ref laid out one of the full safeties. So a bit of a fluke last last night, um, but I do think it all gets back on track. And I was so frustrating this because Denver frustrates me so much. But Denver has – I don't like reading the schedules, but we have four weeks to read into it. The Chargers are, be, are a beatable secondary. The Jets are a beatable secondary. Jaguars, tight Raiders, Panthers. That's Baltimore, Chiefs. That's those are all the next games coming up, and I will confidently fire up Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton every single one of those lineups. So, yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a thing where they have to get better. We are seeing the bottom out of it. I, I think we have to be seeing it, and eventually, I, I wouldn't rule out a midseason Daniel Hackett firing, which will give a boost to this offense because we see that normally when head coaches get fired, we see a small boost the next week for the entire team rallying behind the new guy and hack it's also a detriment so i'm hoping that bounce also comes but i i i definitely support buying into i'll still buy into either of the denver guys right now i'm glad you're making me feel a little better about jerry judy man it's been tough i was i was such a truther coming out of college i had so, so much I. jerry judy so uh, and i had so much jerry judy in my dynasty leagues and it's just been uh, and it's just been a roller coaster and still i thought do. i've been putting him in my lineups this year and uh just it's not good it hasn't gotten I, besides that i was so happy week one when he when he had that great performance i was like yes here we are this is this is how and it's gonna then be he going got hurt. and then and he got he hurt, hurt and yeah. then then the uh just the denver struggling offense is preventing him he did have another drop game. last night he did have uh, another drop last night i will tell you that well th- well that Drops that's fine well you know that's that's fine because people are just gonna people just hate jerry i don't know why people hate jerry judy like it's just like they, they just think like you just listen to he's these so podcasts. I, I don't. I don't. I, I love. I love Matt <laughs> Kelly. I love Matt Kelly. He's my. He's like my favorite person to listen to, and he just rips on him all the time. He's like Matt Kelly, stop, please. <laughs> um, I yeah, I have the same with all my analytic type of friends because a lot of them are just you know. It, I I love the route running. I do. They, do they not care about target? Do they not yeah, care it, about separation? Do they not care about separation? I. I I get it. I, I get it. I get that there's <laughs> metrics to support it, but he's he's good. He gets it done when he's out there. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep buying. I'm just gonna ride or die with this ship. So I'll, I'll yep. keep buying. I'll um, man. Uh, I have Brian Robinson here at uh, 111.280p, and I, I actually I was telling people to avoid. I was just like I didn't want to project a third round pick coming back from a gunshot injury uh, to have find success. But I that Antonio Gibson just hasn't done anything, uh, really. Uh, you know, he had some success like the first week or two, but you know, he's slowing down. And I just think that they're just going to let this guy give him an opportunity to lead this backfield. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen right off the bat. He might have to work himself back in the game shape. I'm sure he hasn't. You know, he's had to slow his uh, his conditioning a little bit since uh, the injury. So um, I'm ha- really happy to have him back. Um, you know, that's just very guy has perseverance. You know, he's third round pick, immediate starter. 
And then he comes back uh, from a gunshot injury less than, I think, about six weeks later. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, how do you feel about Brian Robinson the rest of the season? I mean, you can't help but root for him, right? I mean, after yeah. after everything you went through, it's it's terrible, and I'm so glad he's okay. He's out there. I wasn't like I, I you have to be I have to be analytical about it. I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out of being the older back in Bama who didn't really do anything, then didn't dominate really even you know at that when he finally got out there. But I can't. The one thing I can argue with is that Ron Rivera likes him, and this entire Washington team is is behind him right now. And you can't say that about Antonio Gibson. So I think Washington's looking for a spark, and I, I think that can come in the form of Brian Robinson in the forms of the same thing I view about Damian Pierce. I don't think Damian Pierce is that good, but he has the trust of his coaching staff. And I think that can also swing this way for Washington. Again, like you said, I don't think that happens this week. I'm not going to play him this week. Um, and we've also never seen really someone coming off of a gunshot wound. So I don't really quite know what to expect for that either. Um, but I, I expect him to be okay. Um, and I, I think this is a real week six type of thing. So I think for the resurrection draft and for his role continuing to inc uh, increase, I, I, I do like his role. He's, I, they're, Washington is a team without hope right now. And like they, they started strong and they have flamed out very quickly and they need someone to rally behind. And Brian Robinson has that locker room pushing right now. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so I, I, I just love, yeah, I just love to get a chance to draft this guy. Cause I think, yeah, like I said, could be a, you know, the kind of overused term, the league winner, uh, just because yeah. Yeah, he just hasn't played yet. And, um, he, he, you know, he hasn't shown us what he can do, but unfortunately Antonio Gibson has shown us that. So I do like Brian Robinson, uh, and Alan Lazard is somebody I can't get out. I was, you know, this is me, maybe just can't coming off my, uh, my, my preseason, uh, takes here, but, um, I know he, he missed that first week. Kind of slow returning, just catch it, caught just not very many pads, just caught a touchdown pass, and that's all he did for a couple weeks there. Uh, but this is the game he broke out. He had you know over 100 yards receiving, and I just think this is the wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers going forward. And I think at the ADP of 74.4, I still think it's a steal. Um, I know he's not that. I get it. He's not. He's not like the most talented guy in the world. I I understand that, but he's been in the offense a while, has chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, and we're talking about a 10 or 11 weeks here. Where you know I'm not telling you to go out and draft and acquire Alan Lazard in your dynasty leagues if for an expensive price or anything like that. But in season long formats, I do, I do think he's going to have a big rest of the season. How do you feel? I think it's just going to be tough to predict. And I think we can say that for a lot of run heavy teams, because that's what the Packers are, right? They're going to run it down your throat and they're going to try to win with the defense. They're going to try to win with AJ Dillon's quads and Aaron Jones is just excellent. So it, that at that point it comes down to, I don't think we can count on 100-yard days with Al Lazard. I mean, he's that's not really who he is. But the touchdowns are what I'm more interested in. He scored two in three games. So that's what Aaron Rodgers does well. They put they do give him the chance to sling it in the red zone because he's Aaron Rodgers, and he trusts Al Lazard. So I think some of those weeks are going to be really good, um, and I just some, think some of them are going to be really bad. And it's going to be very difficult to predict which um, – so I think it's going to be very matchup-based. And Green Bay is off to a pretty good matchup-based type of thing. Of Chicago secondary is not good. Tampa secondary is really bad. And New England secondary is not that challenging either. So we'll see how that all types of all evolves. And Romeo Dobbs as well. Or Romeo – yeah, Romeo Dobbs. I got that right this time. Wait, did I? I don't even know if I did. But uh, he's, you know, he's continued to emerge himself as well. And I think he's a quality player. So – I think you're going to see some alternating weeks between them just because it's a very run every team. Well, you know where we we don't mind uh, boom and bust quite as much as in best ball. So there That's you go. That's also entirely true. And it slipped my mind for a second there as I there went back to my roots there. But that is, yeah, I, I, then I, that's a very good point that I should have been thinking about from the start. So, I, yeah, I mean, get get a piece of Aaron Rodgers. Why not, right? So yeah, I do, I do, I do agree with you. You might, you might have some down weeks, but I do think we're going to see some big weeks down the stretch here, and I'm fine with him at his ADP. Just because we're out of time, I'm going to hit you with one more here. Uh, I just can't believe he's not getting a little bit more respect, especially just considering how desolate, just like how awful the tight end landscape. Pat Fryermuth at 106.3, he's the tight end 10 or 11 still. That doesn't make much sense to me, especially given the struggles. I don't know. I, I, I might take him over George Kittle going forward. Why do you? What do you? What are your thoughts? I mean, we saw. I, I think what I'm really interested in is this past week. I mean, we finally saw over over the season that Mitch and Matt Canada were not looking at all in the middle of the field. Half Ryan is not 
getting the ball because the looks just weren't there. They were looking out wide and that shifted with Pickett. And I think we see with rookie quarterbacks a lot that rookie quarterbacks target their big safety valve tight end. And that's Fryermuth. That's George Pickens, the big guys. And Chase Claypool is not long for this offense for based on how he's playing. So it's I'm a Steeler fan as well, full disclosure. So me and Chase Claypool have a long and up and down history, like a bad ex-girlfriend type of thing. So it's I agree that Pat Fryermuth is going to be a very I think he's going to be a higher floor player than people think. The Steelers are a really bad football team, so they're going to be in a lot of good game scripts. Um, and they're also not going to be blown out of too many games. I really don't think they will be because the defense is still going to be okay enough and TJ Watt will eventually get back. So that's going to keep them competitive. That's going to keep the ball moving. And Pickett is going to look for his tight end. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, Pratt Farmer, I, I just don't get it, especially like with how bad some of these tight ends are playing. And man, I I, I know Gerald Everett is like having a, a big year. I, I just, I just can't, I can't. Maybe it's kind of probably people's beef with Alan Lazard. I, I, I'm not taking Gerald Everett over Pat Fryermuth. I, I get 24, it. I, 24% target share. I, I, yeah, I, that's that's what Fryermuth's got. Yeah, um, exactly. That's fifth in the NFL. He's fifth in targets. He's sixth in target rate. I mean, what, he's 11th. He's, you know, he's 13th in route runs, which you know, that's he's being used as a blocker a bit right there, but that's totally fine. Like He's an every-down player. So well, I don't I, get it either. I think he's maybe he's too boring for people because I don't think he has top three outside. But yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not yeah. he doesn't have like that athletic, that just crazy athletic ability yeah. where he's just going to be streaking down the field for touchdowns. I agree. But yeah, just a real safe guy. Man, I, I've been actually he's probably I think he's my highest drafted tight end so far just because I love him at that tight end. He's in like round 10, uh, tight end 10 or 11. Like I said, I think that's great value. Uh, but that is it. Thanks so much for joining us, Michael. Um, what you want to tell us about a little bit about what you're doing in the future, where we can find some of your stuff? Sure. I do a lot of my stuff at IDP guys. It's IDP guys on Twitter. I run the newsletter there. So it's a defensive fantasy uh, newsletter comes out every single week, every single Wednesday morning. Um, So that's, that's what I do in addition to a waiver wire show on Tuesday, but just everyone IDP scares a lot of people because it's exposing to a whole other side of the ball. And I know it's scary. This is my first year myself even doing it. In a game, it makes last night game fun. That's, the best selling point I could do because last night was horrific for every offensive player, for defensive players, for Josie Jewell, who then left halfway through the game, which was just so sad to see. It was great. It was a really fun game to watch because you got to see your fantasy players thrive. So, you know, you get all the best information with really fun talk in our Discord channels at IDP guys. So I, I really encourage people to at least check out the link in my bio. The Twitter handle's right there, at Michael's underscore underscore Sicoli on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter. You just get a taste of what we're about, at least. So, yeah, I appreciate having me on, Emerson. I really do. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, super fun. Hey, next next year, I haven't done any IDP myself. Next year, when you're starting up some drafts, think about think about the guy here. I'd like to – I was trying – I'd like up. to get started. Yeah, absolutely. I'll hit you hey, up. I'm going gonna, gonna to do a lot more of myself last year as well, or next year as well. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I know you're a busy college man. I'll let you go here. But hey, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and have a great rest of your weekend. OK, enjoy football this week. And then we.